the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. I am Seth Leibson. 602-508-0960 is the number. Ron DeSantis announced his presidential campaign on Twitter uh, with a lot of uh, technological glitches and delays. It ultimately got transferred to a different uh, to a different conversation site on Twitter, but it's getting a lot of negative um, reviews and a lot of negative press for doing so. Uh, the defense uh, from the DeSantis team is show is look how much interest it showed. That's what crashed the servers. Well, maybe, but you know, just hold a rally. I mean, if too many people show up at a rally, you have what? Lines of people outside who get to see it from TVs and it provides a good scene. It might have just been too clever an effort by half, but we'll see. We'll see. There's obviously time for all these things to suss themselves out. Um, But you don't want your debut to be so hyped and then Hindenburg. Uh, We were also talking about Target, obviously, and other corporations not learning the lesson from Bud Light and or the L.A. Dodgers. Um, And uh, Doug in Carefree is calling in, it looks like, on some of that. Hello, Doug. How are you? Doug, do I have you? There we are. Hi. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Seth. Hi. I'm doing great. Uh, Yeah, it's – so so you're familiar with ESG. Yep. Uh, Well, there's another acronym called CEI, Corporate Equity Index. Right, from the Human Rights Campaign. And so – Yes, the Human Rights Campaign, which is uh, an affiliated organization of Open Open Societies, which is a uh, a panoply of George Soros, you know, um, funded organizations that, you know, Open Societies, Human Rights Campaign, they all sound great, you know, like yeah. something you should support. Yes, but, right, right. But you, you dig into what they actually do, and it's kind of you know, the opposite of what their name implies. And so, you know, the people that are the the corporate leadership of these different corporations that you mentioned, um, they, you know, they're, they're um, oh, what did, what did Obama call himself? Uh, a world citizen or something to that effect? Yeah, something uh, like that. Yeah, a citizen of the world. Yeah, a citizen of the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he went on his apology tour around the world yep. and, you know, said that, you know, Islam is great and America sucks and blah, blah, blah. You know, I, 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 w- I won't go down that rabbit hole. But anyways, the Corporate Equity Index is basically a report card yep. that the Human Rights Campaign gives to these corporations. Yep. And it's more important to the corporate leadership to be thought highly of in these elite, effete, snobby, kind of uh, Ivy League-y kind of, co- 
you know. Well, they uh, all want a hundred percent score. They all want to get as high a score as they possibly can because who doesn't want to have a high score on something called the cor- corporate equity or equality index, as you put it, especially when it's put out by the human rights campaign. And they have four criteria, as I understand it, on how you get points to get to a hundred. But you can get points deducted too, by the way. And this is this is what really hamstrings yeah. organizations and corporations. You can get. Uh, points deducted if the company uh, supports or has people saying things that are deemed offensive to the LGBT com- LGBTQ community. So you what you really what you really have here and what you're outlining, Doug, and what's been going on here for some time is basically an intimidation racket, uh, a political intimidation racket. That's what you have here. Um, but people would say go to heck or worse. If these corporations weren't staffed by people who believe in it and agree with it, and that's what you have. I mean, obviously, uh, ob- obviously, you know, if we 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 know that there are corporate personnel, management leaders, and C-suite officers who believe in this stuff because we know what happens when they don't believe in this stuff, and they do push back, and 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 too few are willing to get together and push back. It seems to me that there's a few different organizations that are trying to harness the power of corporate common sense and say we're not going to participate in this. And it would be interesting to see what that would yield. Right now, it's hard to test it because when an organization like the Dodgers or what I think will happen with Target does try and test it and pushes and reverses itself or Bud Light tries to reverse itself, they get the double whammy. Then they get you know they get they get piled on by the very community they were trying to appease in the first place and they're caught in a catch 22 it's it's a miserable thing it's a miserable thing foisted on this country by six tenths of the population yes the c-sweeters are getting compensated for adhering to sure you can make it a yes of course you can make it a bonus structure of course how high did you raise our, our 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 cei score you bet so, so the, the largest corporations have have common people on their boards. You know, you have professional board sitters that end up on the compensation committees or the compensation part of the of the of the outside board of directors, and they build this into the compensation packages. Yep. And and and. And you'd be surprised how many of the same people sit on some of these same corporate boards. Yep. They're professional board members. Yes, and they get paid. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Al, Al Gore is a perfect example. Yep. He's on multiple boards, yep. and he pushes the same commie book, you know, in yeah. every no, board that it. he sits on. I got it. I got it. All right. Thank you, Doug. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, Seth. Um, well, thanks for taking my call, number one. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, the DeSantis, uh, I didn't see the video, but I think the only thing that bothered me, I think he was saying the right thing, but I, I think his voice was... It uh, sounded weird to me. The Yeah, the voice was not... Uh, well, I, 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 I just, it, it looked rushed because, I mean, you know, there are things you can do. Trust me, working in radio, I mean, I don't think we do it to me. I sound the way I sound, but... I, yeah. I know. I know you can do things in rudimentary radio. Never mind fancy production, um, fan, fancy production studios to you know yeah. tone up and 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 tune down. You know what from 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 musical recording you can do this. Well, it yeah, just exactly. seemed like a rush job with a very high pitched, 
almost I, I don't mean to be too harsh here because I want to like the guy, but it yeah. almost sounded whiny. Well, yeah, I mean, and again, the only thing that I really caught more than anything else was just his his voice tone wasn't, uh, you know, he doesn't even have a voice for radio. Like a yeah, lot of I, know, have I know, I know, radio, that I know. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, but other than that, I think his heart's in the right place. Yes, uh, yes, and his accomplishments are legion. Are yes. clear. But, yeah. but, but you have to communicate them because, you That's know, right. the only people who know that are the residents of florida and the weirdos like us who follow this stuff really closely you know most of the country doesn't i don't i don't know i don't know how many weirdos in the voting population there are but probably probably 35 million out of you know over 100 million that'll vote you know sure uh so so you know (laughs) we're we're the we're the third who who don't need don't need the persuading well, yeah, and and speaking of that, I I actually had to do a little homework to find out about you know how many people watched the View, and I was surprised to find that it was like the top rated uh, afternoon talk show, uh, at least in the uh, major networks. And I thought, well, that's sad because that means that there are a few million people that are actually watching the View, which is pathetic, but they're also I guess believing whatever they're being told. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's unfortunate about that. What would you say the viewing audience was? Oh, uh, it was like you know two point nine million. Okay, all right. So what's viewers. unfortunate about that is these are people who probably aren't very politically minded in the first place. You know, you don't tune in to Whoopi Goldberg and hang on the last words of Joy Behar because you're a political. Uh, you're 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 politically erudite, or you know you're well, yeah. right. You know, so this is the kind of stuff that enters. You know who who's who's watching when it airs, but you know probably for the most part, probably for the most part, uh, women, and probably yeah. you know women who aren't at work um, or working well, yeah. outside of the house, probably. Exactly. And and when you think about that population the view caters to, you know. It's unfortunate because you want a political message that reaches the apolitical, not their political message, but a our right. political message. The apolitical are right. the problem, in other words. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I know you got a commercial. Yeah, I got to run. One more point, but uh, if I can come back, that'd be great. All right. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Rob, thanks for your patience. You said you had one more point to make there, brother. Yeah, I did. I, I just wanted to mention, I read this article, and it's probably a year old, by a, a former military officer named Brad Miller, and he was talking about uh, the the, uh, the general theme, I think, was the lack of moral courage uh, as he sees a lot of destructive things happening or decisions being made in the military. And, you know, it sort of ties in perfectly with the whole corporate structure in America. That It's kind of the same thing. You know, the senior people, um, what it boils down to is that, number one, there's no moral courage to be found uh, in senior positions almost everywhere now. And number two, I think they're all cowards. I think they're not standing up for what is right and true and good. I, I think that's 
one of the big things. There's no moral courage. We make we men without chests, right? Yeah, men without chests. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, did, did you catch the latest North Face is now Yeah, gone? I mentioned that they're now going down the road, too. I mean, just incredible. Yeah. Just incredible. Yeah, I, I saw the video, and uh, the video was by It's pretty gross, guy. isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Patty someone who Sonia. looks like... Doesn't it look like... It looked like... Um, it looked like Divine. a it looked like a clowned <laughs> version of that yeah. nuclear uh, that nuclear energy uh, that nuclear energy official that got arrested for stealing oh, yeah. suitcases. It looked like that that's person. Right. Yeah, that's what yeah, I was with, reminded with of. Hair. Yeah, yeah w- but with hair. Reminded of Divine. Yeah, with, uh, and a, but a mustache guy. too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It just so in, I just you know uh, not buying any more of that. I they don't even try to make before. it. Yeah, I. You know what I'm. You know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Okay. Thank you, Rob. (laughs) You're welcome, and I hope I brighten your day. (laughs) (laughs) Every listener and every caller always brightens my day. Ken is in Prescott. How are you, Ken? Great. Thanks, Seth. Um, I just have a different take on 2024. It reminds me, even though you weren't around, of the 1968 convention. I was just in high school. Yes, sir. If you remember, uh, there was an unpopular war. Yes, sir. Uh, We're not the same as uh, we are, but we're spending untold billions there um, in, a, in a country nobody could find on the map or a few. Um, we had a vice president. Well, first of all, the president basically was pulled out, or, uh, if you remember. I LBJ. do. Yep. And then we had a vice president running against... A the, Democratic president the chose not to run for re-election by noticing the dissatisfaction with him based on primary opponents who were eating his lunch, like McCarthy and Kennedy. It, Correct. Yeah. And then we had a vice president running, the vice president running against a former vice president. That's right. And we had a third party candidate that got almost 10 million votes. That's and right. Got, I forget how many yeah. electoral yeah. votes. George and, Wallace, yeah. and the convention was in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I get the point. And maybe a Kennedy will do it to another Democrat, right? Maybe Kennedy's right. son will do it to another sitting Democrat. No, I, 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 I do. I do take Biden. the point. Yes. I, the I analogies are kind Biden of interesting. Yeah. It won't be Brandon next year. Uh, well, just like it was an LBJ. It, 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 yeah, that's right. I, it, I worry about the third party candidacy a little bit more, though, this time around. Um, well, there's no George Wallace this time, but I know, I know, but I worry about. I, you know, I just worry. There's always these little, these, these, these little temptations and flirtations. Well, remember, he got electoral votes. He he actually got electoral votes. Yes, I, votes I, I remember. Obama. I I do remember. And then he ran again so, in seventy two and seventy six with decreasing right. success. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. But but that's interesting. The the parallel is kind of interesting that uh, that that Robert Kennedy Jr.'s dad helped take out a sitting Democratic president who was unpopular. That's why it's a kind of a deja vu. Yeah. The only difference is Kamala Harris is no Hubert Humphrey. By the way, what I wouldn't give for a Hubert Humphrey right now. Well, Hubert did manage to carry his home state. Yes, he did. Carry well, I, don't, I don't think Kamala would. <laughs> no, well, yeah, she would. She'd carry California. She'd carry. California. Well, she certainly didn't get make it in the primary. No, she didn't. But uh, but but she she and this is the real problem the Democrats have with her is she's massively unpopular, and so the speculation is if for some reason Joe Biden elects does decides not to run again, um, you know the obvious thing is that you have. 
the vice president um, run in his stead. That's the obvious thing. But the more obvious thing is that Gavin Newsom really does want it. And the even more obvious thing is Gavin Newsom would probably do a lot better than Kamala Harris. I mean, I say what you want, but he just would. He, he, he's not the fool that she is. He's, a, he's the lefty that she is. He's the hypocrite, but he's not the fool that she is. But the Democrats have bought themselves a real problem here. Because when you're a party that relies on appeasing uh, block voting or, 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 or racial, racial minority block voting like this, you can't, especially as you touted it the way they did in 2020 as such a landmark pick and such a landmark choice, uh, first minority female to be nominated and then elected vice president, you can't dump it. You can't dump it without losing your, you know, the the most the most important part of the base that you continually uh, that you continually um, bow down to. You just can't. They have a real problem they've inherited. This is what happens, by the way. These kinds of problems are the result. These are the receipts of playing these phony games and of playing these absurd games. Kamala Harris was no more qualified to be vice president or president then I don't know, take your pick. Then, then I, I, you know, I just can't, maybe she's the analogy that, that should serve as the analogy. That's, that's the problem. I mean, you think of everyone who ran, she was, she was probably the least able and least qualified. And by the way, I mean, just look at the portfolio that she was put in charge of. And while we're at it, ask yourself what it would mean to have to go outside and admit that you have to go outside of the administration to find someone to run in his stead. I mean, they, they, they picked someone who can't carry the water in Joe Biden, and they picked someone to run with him who's not competent. And the thing is, too, Ken, it's not a secret. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows it. Only Republicans will say it out loud. But Democrats know it, too. They know they did this to themselves and you know, they, they they can't possibly think things are going well. Not when you look at the right track, wrong track numbers. Well, not when you look at the polling that has 65 percent of the population believing Joe Biden is not able, doesn't have the mental health uh, to run to run for reelection. A third of them Democrats. Not when you have Robert Kennedy Jr., who's never held elective office, eating his, e- eating up about a fifth of the Democratic Party electorate. They know that they're in choppy and dangerous waters. They won't say it, but we will. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, India, Russia, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, they're all conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures, and the Biden administration is sending hundreds of billions of dollars abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure here at home. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within central bank digital currency. It's real. The patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementations. The veterans at Midas Gold Group see devastating consequences. The end of cash, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to social credit? The end of financial privacy. Own private currency, gold and silver. 
Now, get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call the Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Now, David Dahl, Hello. You, uh, you are much closer to the chatter around the office here than I am. Uh, you are much closer to the suits upstairs here than I am. And uh, tomorrow there was, you know, a survey that was sent around. Tomorrow we're having an employee, all, all office employee meeting where lunch is going to be served. Oh. And we were all asked in a survey what we would want. I submitted a great idea, which it's such a great idea that it, it, it was like a six-foot sub, a six-foot submarine sandwich. And the reason it's a great idea is no one has ever walked into a party of any kind and seen that and not thought, oh, great, a six-foot sub or a submarine sandwich. When's the last time I had one of those? What a good idea. I never heard any feedback on my suggestion. The meeting is tomorrow. Do you know what's been ordered for lunch tomorrow? I don't know if we've ordered it, but I've heard rumors. And is the rumor that it might be a a six-foot-long submarine sandwich? Uh, I can either confirm or deny. No one one doesn't want that. No one doesn't want that. No one. I, that's all I'm saying. All right. I know. I know. Uh, I, I had suggested that we get deli sandwiches. Yeah. So you were submarine sandwich adjacent. Adjacent. Yes. You know, as we have talked. But you about cu- why, if you you couldn't have just chimed in with me and waited the vote a little bit. If we've, as we talked about previously on this show, I'm very partial to pastrami. Sandwiches, Could you not just be the those. team player and put and ha- put a little weight on the vote though Alrighty, for the submarine Alrighty, sandwich? Pastrami, you could. Ruben, most delis. Sandwiches. Okay, a submarine sandwich will be found at an Italian deli. Yes. All right. So it could have been a deli sandwich in a certain weird, odd definition of what constitutes a delicatessen i won't go down that road i wanted to make a more serious point you were telling me something on the break that i thought was really historically interesting but we better have submarine sandwiches tomorrow and it's going to be your fault if we don't because you derogated on my my suggestion yeah yeah it will be all right tell me the interesting historical so i was i was really interested in this i saw this recently so ipsos right now as of uh two weeks ago on the 10th of may has joe biden at a 54 percent total disapproval rating among the american people all right do that again joe Biden is at a 54% disapproval. That's right. That's what my real clear politics is. Right. Okay. As of uh, two weeks ago on the 10th of May. Right. Now, Lyndon Johnson, who was very popular largely before the Tet Offensive, our last caller talked about the uh, similarities between 24 and 68. Yeah. He was... At a uh, about a <laughs> the suits upstairs came downstairs. Yes, the <laughs> yeah, they yeah, just yeah, walked in. Yeah. We're, we're we're still on the air, are we? Yes, okay. we are. We are, are we they still on the air? The okay. <laughs> All right. Make your Lyndon Johnson for uh, Lyndon Johnson on this day in 1967. So a year before the election. Yeah. So May 24th, in yeah. 1967. Yeah. Was it about a, only a 45 percent approval? So a little rating. better than Joe Biden. So he was a, he was a little. So get this, he was better than Joe right. Biden. Right, and, and he January had to withdraw. Of sixty eight. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah, that is an interesting point. Thank you for what made you think to look at that. That's smart. Well, it was just the last caller talking about similarities between sixty eight. So, so let me to, put a fine uh, point yeah. on this. Lyndon Johnson, who had to withdraw due to unpopularity particularly within his own party, had a higher approval rating at this point the year before the election than Joe Biden. Exactly. Okay, yep. that's, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you, David. Of course, yeah. You give and you take.
or you take and you give. <laughs> In that like order. Amelia Bedelia, <laughs> she would make all these mistakes but then make up for it with um, lemon meringue pie. Oh, I didn't. Okay. So is that what you're bringing to the office tomorrow? It's not a potluck. Oh, well, we're going to break, and uh, I yeah. think we have to. We'll see uh, if we can come back our, from yes, break. I saw the suits wandering around <laughs> after yes, that. Yeah, yes. good to know. Okay, <laughs> we'll be right back. All right. Oh, that's a great uh, nautical entry for a Navy man such as Brett Johnson. Brett Johnson is, among other things, a partner at the law firm of Snell and Wilmer, SWLaw.com is their website, offices around the country, based here locally, and he gives us our election and constitutional analysis almost every week um, when he's uh, in town. Brett Johnson, how are you, sir? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. You betcha. Are you guys big Jimmy Buffett fans over at the Naval Academy? <laughs> I don't know about Jimmy Buffett, but... Uh... <laughs> okay. Jimmy Buffett is a classic no matter where you are. There you go. That's the right answer. Yeah. That's the right <laughs> answer. All right. We may have a classic here I wanted to discuss with you in a um, – I guess it's considered a statement uh, of Justice Gorsuch, Neil Gorsuch of the Supreme Court in a matter of national but also local concern, a case called Arizona v. Mayorkas that came out last week. Raised a lot of eyebrows, getting a lot of commentary. I saw one law professor at UT call it calling it a uh, Jeremiah, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, but um, tell us what was going on here. Tell, this is about Title 42. It's about COVID. Tell us what uh, Justice Gorsuch is uh, up to here, sir. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely um, an interesting, quote unquote, statement that Justice Gorsuch put out. Um, in the case, and, and just as, as way background, everybody probably knows because it's been on the news for a long time, but Title 42 was instituted during COVID um, to basically limit immigration across the border as a health protection mechanism. Um, in Louis, and then at the end of COVID, um, the, the Biden administration announced they were going to end the Title 42 um, restrictions. A bunch of states went into Louisiana, filed a lawsuit saying that you, you can't um, uh, lift those restrictions. At the same time, a, a bunch of folks on the other side of the spectrum ran into the D.C. court and said you didn't have the authority to, to issue the Title 42 restrictions in the first place. Mm -hmm. So you had actually dueling, dueling opinions. And, um, and, and at that point, the D.C. Circuit had made, made a decision that, that the parties in Louisiana, including Arizona, moved to intervene in the D.C. case. They, they lost, and then they moved all the way up to the Supreme Court. And so the Supreme Court was basically having the last word on the whole Title 42 issue. Mm -hmm. What happened is Title 42 just went away as right. a matter of, of, of course, and, right. and, and as such, the Supreme Court issued what's called a moot order and, and decided that we're not going to take an issue on it. But, right. but Justice Gorsuch did something. He wasn't was quite ready quite to call this moot. <laughs> he wasn't no, quite ready. No, he, no. Wasn't. he had yeah, a few things he wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I have some issues I want yeah. to get off my yeah. chest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and he did. And, and he took this opportunity to, to really take issue, not just with the federal government, but with state entities and other uh, governmental entities as to how they handled the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and really walked through all of the concerns that he had versus all of the cases that eventually got to the Supreme Court or handled many cases procedurally or in, in most cases on behalf of, um, of the state or the federal government. 
And um, and basically, he just was crying the alarm. Yeah. Like, it, this, this can't happen again, and if it, if it does, we're going to lose our democracy. Yeah. So as I've said here on the, on, on, on the show before, this is one of those quote-unquote statements, because it's not a decision or right. a ruling, right. one of those statements that, that will go down in history that people are going to have to start reading. I haven't seen that before, by the way. And, I mean, obviously, I'm not as read in this or practice even anymore, but I, I haven't seen a statement in a case that, that has been tossed out for mootness before. Is this fairly rare? No, it is very rare. Yeah, okay. I, I can't think of one oh, um, myself. Okay. Okay. I, I've seen commentary like this at a district court or at a state trial court level as basically them taking issue with, I have to follow this order because I'm I'm required to, but I have great issues with it, and that's grounds for an appeal, right? So, but this, where he just walks through all of the COVID cases, not all of them, but a good portion of the COVID cases that we had heard about, and and basically takes issue with it. And what what he took issue with is he, he... framed it more as a constitutional issue, yeah. which I agree with him. It is a constitutional issue, but it was also overstepping of the executive branches right. at both the state and the federal level um, as to the statutes that were given to to effectuate emergencies. And he had great concern. He thought that the Congress and the state legislatures didn't do their job. And what I thought was even more telling is was that the judi- from his perspective, the judiciary was complicit. Right in not holding each branch to their requirements in, in this situation. That's why it rose to a constitutional issue in his mind. Yeah. Now, I, I do see the other side, right? Obviously, I was involved in a lot of these cases, and it, it was an emergency, and, and it, people just didn't know. And I think that that one thing that came out of this, what uh, Justice Gorsuch is pushing, is that there needs to be a debate or a dialogue on this and possibly a rephrasing of those statutes to ensure everybody is properly working in their in their lane in a next emergency. Otherwise, there is the possibility, he talks about it, individuals, individuals could take a, a fake emergency or a drummed up emergency and really just destroy the democracy. That's, that's right. Really that's right, about. because we have watered down or defined down what an emergency is. Um, in, in, exactly. in, I don't know if you're watching this, this situation out of North Carolina, but the governor of North Carolina, not because of a hurricane or not because of, of, of uh, I don't know, what do they have in North Carolina aside from hurricane sharks, <laughs> I guess. He's declared <laughs> it a state of emergency because the Republican legislators are supporting a school choice proposal. That constitutes yeah. a state of emergency now in North Carolina. That, that, that's exactly yeah, right. And, right. And, and, and that, and that from a Justice Gorsuch perspective, right. the judiciary has to step in and do yeah. the right thing right. and not abdicate um, its authority. But he, it really took issue with the state legislatures. I mean, you think yeah. about it, even here in Arizona, our legislatures had some committee meetings on it, but there's not really been, and I, and I hate to say it, although there's been some great ones, the 9-11 Commission being one, where there's like a root, what happened, yeah. when, was it an overboard situation and recommendations on how to address it in the future? I mean, the 9-11 Commission really reformed how the military was, yep. created the Department of Homeland yep. Security. Yep. And, I, and I think that if, if people are listening, as I put it, it's the, it's the, card, uh, you know, the cardinal canary, the canary in the, in the uh, coal mine yep. here, and he's really preaching it out, which is unheard of for a justice to do. Usually these matters of policy, they just do not opine on. But it's obviously for him, he's a very learned man. And and he says, you know what, I, I can't leave this uh, untouched. I want to encourage people to read it. Uh, of course, yes, having a debate about these things next time 
uh, would, would, would be advisable. A lot of us tried to have a debate about it the last time, and as we have now learned from a lot of what uh, has been un- unveiled is, you know, it was shut down. Those debates were shut down, and that's just not a good way to run not a good way to run not a good way to run a, a crisis any more than it is a government, right? That's exactly right, and um, and and the, in, in the statutory side, which is there's you know you're right. There were some professors who criticized Gorsuch on his, yeah, his uh, yeah. perspective here, but even on the statutory side, when the powers were given to kind of the checks and balances, whether it was the attorney general or some other um, executive branch to maybe do a check yeah, on the governor. Yeah. They just sat on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so got to hold people accountable. Absolutely right. Brett Johnson, thank you as always, sir. Thanks for highlighting this. This is a great great find, and I, I, it's great reading, too. I want people to read it. Arizona v. Mayorkas, the statement of Justice Gorsuch. Thank you, Brett Johnson. Thank you. You betcha. We'll be in touch. I'm Seth Liebson. I'll be right back. How do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy from bank failures to stock market volatility, inflation, a possible recession coming? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? It's an investment in a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like, with no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. Time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% rate of return. I'm talking obviously about our good friends Y Refi. Y Refi is based here locally. I encourage you to stop by their offices. They're on the 101 in Scottsdale Road. I've been there. And I can tell you that you will not get a sales pitch. No one's going to ask you to sign a thing. And when you meet with the team at Y-Refi, you'll see why I trust them so much, and you can too. A due diligence-approved firm, as I say, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return. That's right, fixed rate of return. Just log on to investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-Y-REFI-34, 888-Y-REFI-34. I really do think that this... um, Justice uh, Gorsuch uh, statement uh, is um, is worth reading and worth circulating for those of you that are still angry over what was done to us during COVID, not by the Chinese, but by the Americans who were acting like Chinese. Um, it's I was talking with someone the other day, you know, the people that want to kind of just move on and the people that even say, you know, can we have an amnesty on this? It might help if they said the kinds of things that would normally attend to something like forgiveness, which is, you know what? I'm sorry. You were right. You know what? I'm sorry. You aren't an idiot. I'm sorry. You aren't a science denier. I'm sorry. We were wrong and you were right. As Gorsuch put it in this uh, statement in Arizona versus Mayorkas, he wrote, quote, since March 2020, We may have experienced the greatest intrusions on civil liberties in the peacetime history of this country. Officials across the country issued emergency decrees on a breathtaking scale. Governors and local leaders imposed lockdowns, forcing people to remain in their homes. They shuttered businesses and schools, public and private. They closed churches, even as they allowed casinos and other favored businesses to carry on. They threatened violators not just with civil penalties, but with criminal sanctions, too. 
They surveilled church parking lots, recorded license plates, and issued notice warnings that attendance at even outdoor services satisfying all state social distancing and hygiene requirements could amount to criminal conduct. They divided cities and neighborhoods into color-coded zones, forced individuals to fight for their freedoms in court on emergency timetables, and then changed their color-coded schemes when defeat in court seemed imminent. I'm not one to say and grant this notion, frankly, that we didn't know. We did, or at least a lot of us did. As Heather McDonald puts out, by the end of April, we knew everything we needed to know. We were just those of us who had a different view, shut up and shut down, mocked and abused. But we knew. It's not true that no one knew. Some did. We read the data and we thought for ourselves. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 